Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Glamier. Hi, this is Dr. Tabitha Samir. I'm a cosmetic dermatologist, owner, and founder of Mirror Skin Cosmetic in New York City and star of an Emmy award-winning Bravo TV show. My podcast is all about great conversations with your favorite celebrities, media personalities, and well-known experts in the worlds of lifestyle, celebrity, relationships, and more. Through their stories, I hope to uplift, inspire, and educate. This is Glamier. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Glam Mirror. And I'm I'm with somebody that it's going to be really funny for me to introduce, Lawrence Zarian. And I'm saying that because I'm your friend, but I'm yeah. yet I got to tell people who you are. As long as you include the words handsome, sweet, charming, and single, that's nice. And in addition to all of that, he's one of the most <laughs> sought after on camera lifestyle fashion expert. Fifteen years of experience. You're an author. And the really famous popular makeovers on Live with Kelly and whoever she uh, yeah, well, It's Live with Kelly, Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. My friend Ryan just got That's amazing. Uh, the so co-pilot you're, position. You're the person, and and um, I just kind of never knew how amazing you were, because we're just friends, you know? Friends don't do that stuff, so. You know, it's, I, I say this all the time. Uh-huh. I don't take my career for granted. Mm-hmm. I think I really believe that God uses us all like chess pieces. Yeah. And I started as an actor. I was an actor and then I went into modeling and, you know, I think the universe puts you uh, in these different situations and then God makes the ultimate move and God moved me into this position. One thing happened, another thing happened. And I've been doing these makeovers now for 15 years and I see I'm doing God's work. It's really interesting because you kind of fast forwarded to something I wanted to ask you about Mm -hmm. in your book um, about the whole, when you were talking about God, I really liked how you put that in your book about how in the mornings you wake up and you meditate. Mm. And I read, I like to get to know people. And what you said is, I call this God, but you feel like everybody needs to have something out there that they believe in. I believe in God. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, my belief system has sort of evolved. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have a choice on what we choose to believe in, whether it's God, whether it's Jesus, whether it's your higher power. As long, I believe... As long as you have something to believe Believe in, in. it gives your life something that's surrounded with hope. I know that when I get stuck, I know I stop, I take a moment, and I always look up. And that's my belief. God has never let me down. Mm -hmm. God has never left me. Now, more times than not, I leave God. I leave my higher power, and I go go and try to do things my own way. Mm -hmm. And it never plays out the way it's supposed to, but lived my life. I learned my lesson. And the thing that I love is uh, my ex last year gave me this great book. And it was it's the, a book that basically surrounds what's your word for the year. Yeah. It's called Your Word. And my word last year was I discovered breathe. Breathe. I don't breathe enough. Yeah. And when I think about the word breathe, I think about Re- breathing in the breath receiving. of God. Receiving. Yes. Receiving. Breathing, receiving. And this year, my word is seeker. Seeker. What are you seeking this year? 
I'm seeking it all. Yeah. I think we all get so stuck doing it the same way over and over and over again. And we have our story and this happened to me and that happened to me. And then my heart was broken and then this happened and that happened. Yeah. That's our story. Yeah, it's your story. I don't want to get stuck in my story. I want to keep seeking and evolving and understanding and learning. So I love that we're just diving right in because, know, no, right? because let's talk about We go God. from beauty and fashion, Should Anthony, to deep politics? and spiritual. Yeah. No, the reason is because, you know, I want people to get a sense of who you are. Like when I look at you, I think to myself, what does this guy have? That makes him relatable to the woman in the middle of the country that's not feeling so great about her body, that is all of a sudden on TV working with you. You're a good looking guy. You're handsome. You. You're tall. You're well spoken. You know, I don't see a flaw. So, how would the average person relate to you? And I think that is what makes you so cool is that you do have an extreme relatability because you've been through so much of your own shit that you had to come out on the other I side. Also you know, I also don't see that. You know, I have an identical twin brother. I was born with a best friend, mm -hmm. uh, Gregory. And when you're an identical twin, there's a constant comparison. And for so many years of my life, I always thought that Gregory was the it twin. Yeah. I thought he was better looking. I thought he was, I mean, he was more successful for a long window of time. Mm -hmm. Now we both have our own success. So I always disappeared. But and and you were comparing. Comparing is a thief of joy. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know? And you know, I wanted to do eight hundred other things. My friend Nora, God stepped in, spoke through my friend Nora, mm -hmm. and said, "You know, Lawrence." She calls me Larry Zary. You know, Larry Zary. Larry Zary. I know you want to change the world. Mm -hmm. Talk about fashion. You were a model. You model. You do this. We've gone shopping before. Mm -hmm. You make me feel good when I shop. Talk about fashion. So, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So My, your friend Nora put this kind of seat out there. Uh, Yes. And, you know, the one that really cemented it, uh, one of my closest friends, uh, I was born with a best friend, my female best friend, Sherry. Sherry and I were in a relationship for four years. We were together for four years. Wow. And that relationship ended and we went on our separate paths. And now she's still my best friend. Mm -hmm. But when this career journey was taking off, I said, you know, I'm really going to dabble into fashion. And she said, you know, Whenever we would go shopping, you would be so sweet and wait for me. And she mm -hmm. said, I remember hearing you sit there waiting for me while I was trying on clothes, yeah. clothes that you picked out. Wow. <laughs> uh, and you would talk to the other women that walked out of the dressing room and you always had something nice to say. Mm -hmm. And she said that always stuck with me. And she said, for the four years that we were together, when you saw a pretty woman walk into a department store, I remember you stopping a woman at the movie theater and saying, excuse me, you look beautiful. And she said, so you've always had this ability to speak and celebrate and she said you just did it so fearlessly so she's not surprised and again i think god put me here because what is my job yeah. doc it's to make people feel good uh, to give them tools mm -hmm. to look in the mirror and like themselves mm -hmm. better now i had the pleasure of reading your book thank you and what other better time to have you take us through what you do for a woman when she comes to you because you really are focused on the woman how they feel inside mm. and to address their demons and you said that's one of the hardest things about your job is getting these women to look at themselves and accept their flaws now now i'm going to say this you and i who just did selfies and insta stories yeah. and posting and all of that yeah oh that <laughs> the phone snapchat instagram has destroyed the way other women see themselves because yeah. what i love about the phone is the world is so small now because mm -hmm. it's all right in front of us mm -hmm. the problem is is especially young girls they want to be everything they're not yeah they want to be the kardashian they want to be kim they want to be Clo they want to be all of those things and i think a woman is so in 
inundated, but what's on the phone, in the magazines, on television, they don't see themselves. And I get that too in my business. Like Absolutely. People, people coming to me at younger and younger ages trying to transform themselves into an insta celebrity that they admire. And um, I think that we all need to stop, take a breath, and be us, be who we are. You know, when I grew up, I was not the cool girl. You know, everybody mm-hmm. around me looked like Gwyneth Paltrow, you know? Wow, and yeah. I was like, you know, dark skin, dark hair, yeah. dark eyes. Um, and so I wasn't the cool Were you made fun of? Were you ridicule, ridiculed? Um, a little bit. I mean, I, I, I had a thick skin even at that age. I was like, yeah, fuck you all. But right. um, I definitely wasn't. I was the foreign looking girl compared to all of these seas of blonde hair, blue eyed girls. And um, I see my nieces sometimes looking at like these cartoons like Frozen. And one of my nieces was like, I think she was three or four when that movie came out. And she's like, I want a, a golden hair. And I looked, I'm like, no, you don't. Your hair is beautiful. And golden hair is beautiful. All hair is beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I didn't want them thinking that because I remember how that felt, you know, thinking, oh, God, I got. And the, and the problem now is and it's, you know, I'm older and I didn't grow up with the access to the cell phone and living my life through through social media and always texting because it's destroyed communication and all of that. But now when I take a photo, mm-hmm. as we just did, yeah. if I don't like the filter, I'm going to throw on a filter. Yeah. I mean, you and, have to. and it's everything we're doing to not accept who we are. Yeah. So the whole point of the book and it's funny, first of all, my book. Ten Commandments for a Perfect Wardrobe, is single-handedly the best thing I ever did. I love that you say that because I can really feel your energy oh when I God. read the book. You know, it's funny. I'm going to segue for one second, and it always makes me teary. Uh, you always wonder when you die who's going to come to your funeral. Yeah. And when this book was done, mm-hmm. I'm going to fill the house. Yeah. In the sense Aww. that you have your moment, and I've been doing this now going into 17 years. Um, I wrote a book and I wanted to get press. Yeah. I sent out an email, and every single national show said yes. Wow. Because you get to build a career, and you get to build a reputation, and you get to build a connection. Mm-hmm. And I did book signings all around the US, and to see the people that came out to celebrate me, and to see my friends, mm-hmm. touches me so deeply, yeah. because nobody has to do something. I think we have to want to do something. Yeah. And when you get a woman in a dressing room, in a state of undress Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, sweetheart, take off all those clothes. I'm going to see in your bras and pants. I'm going to see in your bra and panties and I'm going to see your butt. If you don't like your butt, I'm going to see it and we're going to see it together. Yeah. But I, I love that. But women don't want to see it. Women don't don't feel as comfortable being naked as men do because because we hide. We want to hide everything. And you know, if First commandment. Like a, if there's a piece of like, not piece, but like if there's cellulite, if there's a stretch mark, you want to hide it. You want to be in the dark. And I, I love that one of the things you do is overcoming and accepting and loving your body. Take off your clothes. Take your clothes off. Look at your tits. Look at your ass. Seriously. Yeah. If your boobs are dropping, all boobs drop. Yeah. If you've got some cellulite, you're never going to go back to what you were in high school. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. And even when you were in high school, you didn't realize how good you had it. No, because we always <laughs> want to be something else. Yeah. So just and then we get o- And then we get older and we realize... Oh, man. Shit, time's I going really by f- good back then. And time's going by fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just say, you know, commandment number, commandment number one, thou shalt look in the mirror and love what you see. Mm-hmm. This book is not a fashion book. It's a journey book. It's not a fashion book. And the funny thing is, it ha- says here, 10 commandments for a perfect wardrobe. I feel like your book is so much more mm. than just commandments for a perfect wardrobe. It's sort of like 10 commandments for a perfect mindset. Oh, per- thank you. 10 commandments for... A boosting your confidence and it's all told through the story of style 
Once you see what your boobs look like, once you see the size of your butt, once you say, hi, big boobs, hi, left boob bigger than the right boob, hi, cellulite, once you say hello to your body, Mm -hmm. now look, I'm like, if you want to drink, drink, have a glass of wine, have three glasses of wine. Then take your clothes off. (laughs) Yeah. And then turn the lights on, scream, yell, Mm -hmm. say, say, fuck, say whatever you want. That is your body. Once you celebrate it and love it and nurture it, then you start taking steps because I never believe mm-hmm. a designer label will help you forget your problems. No, but let's talk about that for a second because yeah. you and I had a conversation outside about this whole thing and how sometimes the women you work with aren't okay with trying to accept their bodies. They use these labels, Birkin bags, nothing yeah, against, yeah. you know, Birkin. I love a good Birkin bag. But, um, I, I've known women like that too. You know, they buy their way into happiness. They have the bags, they have the clothes, they have. Um, you're trying to say you need to get your confidence back. How many people in the world can afford a broken bag? Not that many. Not only that two. Many. Per, only two percent of the world can afford Rodeo Drive, Madison Avenue. It's insane. Uh, only 2%. That's crazy. So what about the other 90, 98% that are saying, well, what the hell do I use? Mm-hmm. Buy what you can afford. Mm-hmm. Clothing should make you feel something, but you shouldn't put on clothing so you don't feel. Yeah. And you're going to go one of two ways. Look, I've been in therapy for a very long time. Right. And I'm a seeker. I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I, I write a lot about my mom and my dad in chapter three. My mom was brought up during World War II. My father was brought up in a third world country. There were no tools to, to there were no parent tools mm-hmm. on how to raise your children. Right. They did the best they could with what they were taught and what they needed to do to survive. Mm-hmm. After the parent says, I'm sorry, and they say, I did the best I could, it's your job to heal it, deal with it, and move on. Yeah. It reminds me of this story that my dad told mm-hmm. me. He, he uh, and his practice, in medical practice, he was talking to an 80-year-old man, and the 80-year-old man wouldn't quit smoking. And my dad's like, why don't you just stop smoking? You know. And the guy said, the 80-year-old said to my dad, my parents abused me when I was a kid. I never felt loved. And proceeded to talk about all of that. And my dad looked at him and he's like, you're 80. They've been dead for 50 years. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to blame them? Right? Uh-huh. It's fascinating And he told me, me that as a little girl yeah. and it stuck with me. And I just remember thinking, oh, wow, it's about you making the change. It's about you deciding that you're going to be okay or not okay. I got, I'm, I've, I talk about this often. Mm-hmm. I've been sober now for almost 12 years. It mm-hmm. was one, and once again, God stepped in and like, okay, buddy, we're yeah. <laughs> bar, bars closed. Yeah. We're cutting you off. Because I kept doing everything. I kept doing things to not feel that yeah. childhood. Well, I mean, nobody drinks that excessively because they're happy. No, you know? they don't. Um, you know, I, I, you know, for me, if I could choose my word of like, mm-hmm. if you could describe me, my word for me is resilient. You know, resilient is my word. Like I thought, thought, like, what is my word? I've been through a lot. I've been through some horrible family tragedies that almost destroyed me. And I still came back. And every time I would come back, I did it with a new love for life Mm -hmm. because I know what it's like not to have that. You know? But that's so evolved. Yeah. Anthony, I'm lucky. Anthony, what would your word be? Yeah. Anthony is my amazing producer over here. Anthony's our pilot. Is he crying? Do you want a tissue? No, I'm not crying. (laughs) And Anthony, you don't need a makeover. No, you, you look don't. good. He's but actually pretty damn good yeah. looking. He's good. Yeah. I know he's good looking. I know. You Thank said you. I was going to be the best looking today, but liar! <laughs> I lied to you, Lawrence. I'm so sorry. So, what do you think your would would be for this year? This year? Yeah. Uh just the word healthier. Health, good, great. Yeah. Yeah. So That's the choice, the choices that you make, then. 
It's a constant when you think you put post-its on your window. Healthy, healthier on the TV remote control. So you're kind of oh I want to make oh I'm going to do a healthier choice. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yes. But my word wasn't just for this year. My word was like for always. If I think that myself, always. Yeah. My word for this year. I'm going to have a word for you by the end of this. I think adventure. This is going to be an adventure this year. <laughs> That's I what think life that's is supposed word. to be. Yeah, adventure. I, I'm going to sidestep for one second, just because yeah. I think it, it sort of re, it sort of uh, caps what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So in sobriety, you go through your work and you do your you you go through your work and you do the work that you're supposed to do. And I had a sponsor. A sponsor mm-hmm. is somebody that guides me through my sobriety. Mm-hmm. And he said, Lawrence, tell me your story. And I'm like, oh, God, I get to throw it up again because <laughs> we love to tell our story. I threw it all up. My father did this. My mother did that. My older brother, Vincent. And I threw it up for 30 solid minutes. Yeah. I had the best time. And he said, Lawrence, now what would you be without all of that? Yeah. And I said, what? And he goes, well, you've already done it. Like, like who are you now? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't grasp it. And then it finally sank in, and I thought, well, that's why it's called the past. It's done. Yeah. Why am I allowing that to propel my future? Because a lot of people use their past and the things that have hurt them to identify with yes. them. Future. I look at it like all that crap that happened is done. Now what have I learned from it, and what am I like today because of it? I don't look at it like, oh, woe is me. Look at, you know. And a lot of people are like that, like the 80-year-old talking to my father. My parents abused me, so I'm going to continue smoking and not take care of myself. No, that's not your identity. So what is your story? What is your story? So I write about that in the book. It's yeah. like, it's my story, and my story's done, and... We get to create our yeah. own life now. We get to create our own story. But like the first few mm. chapters, it's like, you know, you open it up and you're not all of a sudden, it's not like buy only neutrals. <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, mm. when packing, pack similar colors. Neon is like your that. friend. Neon is your friend. Keep that neon. No, you talk about overcoming obstacles because they've made you who you are. Um, and I can't continue without you giving me a little bit of your background because I think that's what people need to know. Like why you are so compassionate and this is so important to you, is because you've kind of been there. Because Gregory was the successful twin. Gregory was the athlete in high school. Gregory was the more popular one. Gregory went to high school and went to the prom with Nancy Phillips, who was on the prom court. Uh, Not Nancy Phillips, with Pam Dickerson. I went with a beautiful girl named Nancy Phillips. I always felt less than Gregory. I always felt second to Gregory. Gregory went to Milan to model. I didn't. Then I went to Milan and... You were Gregory's brother. Gregory's my twin brother. No, I'm saying when you went there, you were identified as, as yes, yeah. the second of, yeah. and I were identical twins. But Gregory's six one. I'm well, he's six foot, and I'm six two. Mm-hmm. There's a solid two inch difference. Mm-hmm. So when we were both modeling together, I didn't get booked in any of the shows. I was just too tall. Wow. I took it personally. I right. didn't fit the clothes. But who would you be today Ab- oh, if you I, didn't have absolutely. that challenge to Ab- overcome? Absolutely. You know, you so that's either... the difference oh, that we're talking about. Oh, it's the blessing. Yeah. I and I don't begrudge my brother anything. No, and I'm so but happy you know, that's him, the but... difference in thinking. You can sit here for the rest of your life and begrudge your brother because he, in your mind, was better. Or you can say, guess what? I'm going to become better at what I love. And what I love is not letting other people feel how I felt. And who are you without your story? And now when I get yeah. these women in the dressing room and they're like, I have three kids. I've got a big stomach. My boobs hang down to my thighs. I've got a big old butt. And I'm like, but you have three beautiful kids. Yeah. That you and you say that to. you're happy and your husband thinks you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or you're in a marriage and you're not happy. When you take get somebody completely naked, mm-hmm. they expose so much to me. So I'm passionate because I think I want them to trust me. Yeah. And I want to be that friend that they can... 
trust in and share things with. And hopefully by the end of it, yes, I'm going to put on beautiful clothes. You're going to have your makeup done by Michelle Champagne if we're doing live. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your hair cut by my great team at Oscar Blot. You're going to have the best of the best. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, you're going to wash your hair, take off that makeup, and take off the clothes. And you're still the same person, but you have different tools now. And I love that you said that because the makeover can be five minutes of your life. It's the mental um, improvement and love that you give them that you would hope gives them the tools to continue the next day feeling like they want to take care of themselves. They take feel 10 better. minutes. I call it 10. Take 10 minutes at night before yeah. you go to bed. Yeah. Think about your next day. Pull your clothes out. Put things aside. Mm-hmm. Because once you get your next day prepped, mm-hmm. what do you have in that next morning? 10 minutes for you. 10 minutes for you. That's really good. We don't take a lot of, we don't take enough time for ourselves. We really don't. Um, I, um, I know that you write about that in your book. You talk about taking 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. Um, why is that so important? Life is fast. Yeah. Life is, is crazy. Mm-hmm. And we're always running to instead of being in. We're mm-hmm. always running to Facebook, seeing who's tweeting me, seeing how many likes I get. I, look, I'm stuck in it. Sometimes if I'm having one of those days, mm-hmm. I'll post a picture of me that I know is going to get me you know, 5,000 likes mm-hmm. or whatever, 2,000 likes, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because I want to feel better. So I, get, I practice what I preach. Yeah. I get wrapped up in that same bullshit. And we're in a society now where... We're always running to take 10 minutes just to quiet and be. Yeah. And as soon as I feel like I have nothing, I think how expensive are my shoes? Yeah. Do you know how many people don't have shoes? Yeah, I know. Well, I think that sometimes you get in your own head. Like, you know, I, I know that I'm very guilty of that. Like most days I'm all right. You know, mm-hmm. like most days I'm great. Um, I've, I, but I had to fight for that. You know, yeah. I had to fight to be happy again and I'm happy and I'm great. But you know, there's moments where I'm like, the hell am I doing? Like, what am I doing? So keep playing that out. So what do you then continue? What, what's your next step? Well, my mom said to me a long time ago, cause I, I remember I was in you know, medical school and one of these girls is like family friend. We met her, ran into her and she is the same age as me at that stage. And I would think I was like 22. She already had like three kids and a husband and you know, whatever. And I remember looking at my mom thinking, damn, like, look at me. I'm crazy. I'm in New York. I'm doing this. I'm running all over the place. I said, I wish I could be happy being just what she is. Mm. And not to diminish, but I was nowhere near in my head. That was not going to be my life. And I felt like an, um, a black sheep, if you will. And then my mom looked at me. She's like, listen, you weren't built that way. So get over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and no, I great. Did. <laughs> Don't you love stuff when mom, yeah. when moms or dads spew out something yeah. like that? Yeah. So when I start to go down that route, I remember that. Like, this is my journey. It may not be the same as everybody else's, but I've never been the same as everybody else. You know? And neither have you. So... We all get to choose. We all get to be unique. And yeah. what's the one thing that nobody can take away from you? You. Yeah. Um, and what I want to talk about is mm. your ability. You in your book, you talk about your story, mm. and that's deeply personal. Um, why did you feel that was necessary to include it in your book? Because you're 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 overcoming your obstacles. Yeah, uh, you know, I think like everything, it evolves. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I wrote the book. The first time around, it just didn't feel right. And, you know, the first words in the book are, ladies, take your clothes off, get naked, look at your boobs, look at your butt, look at your body, embrace who you are, because I'm going to ask you to expose yourself. Yeah. And then commandment number three is, thou shalt go forth and be healthy. And I'm like, well, how can you go forth and how can I ask you to do these things if I'm not going to do it myself? Gotcha. If you want an example. Yeah. And I just wanted to share my journey. Mm -hmm. And I am not one that blames my mom or my dad for raising me because they did the best they could and a lot of it was great and a lot of it just sucked ass I mean a lot of it was just really rough Mm -hmm. a lot of it was unnecessary but my mother was 
a child when she had three kids. My mm-hmm. father was a baby, and he didn't have a father figure. His father was an alcoholic. His father, he remembers seeing his father on a handful of times. So mm-hmm. how can you blame somebody for the tools they didn't have? Mm-hmm. And through the tools that they passed on to me, I went down a road of destruction. Mm-hmm. And I survived it. Mm-hmm. And how can you trust me to say, let me hold your hand and take you down this road if you don't know me? Right. I mean, that's not that's not fair. But see, that's pretty cool because well, that's what fair. I'm talking about. And when I started this conversation with you about your relatability, because you're saying, hey, guess what? I'm not just telling you that I'm I'm you could have just said, hey, I'm the coolest thing on TV. You're lucky to be reading my book because I know how to do this because mm-hmm. I'm awesome. No, you were like, this is why I understand what you're going through. And and in order for me to help you, um, I'm going to allow you to understand me. And I thought that was pretty Thank you. cool. We all have our shit. I look in the mirror sometimes. Sometimes I. I, I get out of the shower and I won't even look at myself in the mirror. I mean, I have those mornings. I didn't sleep great last night. I feel really unattractive today. But when I came in and um, you saw me, uh, yeah. but you said, look how handsome you are. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to... Ch-. Somebody gave me the best bit of advice years and years yeah. ago, my friend Daryl, because I was lamenting about, I'm fat, I'm ugly. I'm, <laughs> I was going down my... Th- we all can relate to that. Yeah. And Daryl stopped me and he said, give you a shift. Yeah. What if you look at the world through every... What if you look at yourself through the way the world sees you? I'm like, what does that mean? And he said... Well, most people think you're handsome. Mm-hmm. Most people think you're the, and rattled off some beautiful I'm sure you didn't things. Say most people, I'm sure you said everyone. You, you're just oh, being humble. Okay, <laughs> uh, you're welcome. All right. Uh, most people, uh, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So now, if somebody says something to me like, "Hey, you look great today," I'm going to own it and embrace it. Yeah. If that's not what I see, but I know what I don't see. So there, much nicer to it's see what funny that you sees. say that because there have been times where, because I'm on, on camera on, yeah. on this and that of photos, and there have been days where I just, oh, I'm tired. You know, I, I don't sit still. I don't think, I'm lucky. I feel very freaking, I feel very freaking blessed. I can jump on from coast to coast. I have people that I fucking love on both sides of the world. And I'm, you know, as long as I have my health, I find myself to be really lucky. But there are just days where I'm exhausted. I don't feel good. I don't feel confident. I don't feel strong. I feel like giving up. And someone will take a photo of me for whatever reason, you know, like a photo with a friend. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'll look at that photo like later in the day or a couple of days later. And I'm like, if I only had appreciated, you know, another uh, view of what I look yes, like. Yes, yes. What I'm trying to say is it wasn't that bad. I was making it bad by thinking bad things. There's that wonderful moment in yeah. um, Pretty Woman that, where yeah. Julia Roberts is sitting in the bathtub. Uh-huh. She has her headsets on and she's yeah. listening to it's music. So and she said, uh, why is it so much easier to believe the bad? Yeah. It's so much easier to believe the bad. Oh, my God. And That's I don't, so you know what? I don't want to live my life being the one that always complains. I don't want to live my life believing the bad more than the good. Because well, that's a b- awful place to be. But it's, e- it's easy to go to. Oh, it's an yeah. easy why to go to. That? I don't it's know. Easy. Why it's easy. It, why just... is it easy to make ourselves feel miserable? Because then that gives us a purpose. Well, purpose so if you said to yeah. me, how are you today? I feel good. Mm-hmm. When you say to somebody, how are you today? I feel great. Yeah. Tell me how you doing. I'm great. Do you know that nobody will ever say, why are you great? I do. I actually genuinely ask people I how do they too. are. I do too. Tell me yeah. why. But if you say, I feel bad. Oh, God. It propels a story, yeah, right. the enthusiasm, the passion. Oh, Doc, what happened? Why do you feel bad? Why yeah. did you get hurt? Oh, my God, tell me everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because without mentioning, well, we can mention it, but like you you, you take time to say good things about people, and I appreciate that because that's something that if, 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 you're, if you're, many people will say something if they have something bad to say. Like, 
oh, you know, you know that person. Oh, let me tell you about that person. Uh, oh, you know, oh, let me tell you about that person. But I've noticed that you kind of say good things like, oh, you know that person? Oh, that person's a great person. And more of us need to do that. I sent off a couple uh, I sent off a couple texts to, I work on this show up at Universal called Home and Family. It's such a great show. It's two hours of live television. I'm their fashion guy. Yeah. And uh, we were doing a petite fashion show yesterday. And in my life now, especially being sober, I only surround myself with loving, kind mm-hmm. people that, you know, we mirror each other back. And I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't, I don't have the need or the want to be around negative energy. Right. And one of the women that I dressed, I'd never dressed her before. I pulled out an outfit. It was a very specific look for what our viewers want. And she went, oh, I don't like that. I would never wear that. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, uh, oh. And it just threw me. And she said, well, I, well, I'll make it work on camera for you. And I'm like, well, no, but you said that you didn't want to wear anything too tight. Yeah. And you said you didn't want to show your legs. So I put on this great romper. It's mm-hmm. great. Floral print. I loved it. The loft. Yeah. The loft does. Ann Taylor loft. No, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, Ann yeah. Taylor. And, and then, then the there's loft. the loft. Yeah. They made it very clear, Ann Taylor gotcha. and the loft. Gotcha. But they do. I like the loft. Small, extra small. Extra, extra small and petite. So oh. if you're literally a size zero zero and you're five foot, they have an entire selection for you. So I put this girl in this thing and she was just so negative and just so aggressive and just so nasty. I just had to walk out of the room. Yeah. And you, you absorb that energy. Yes. But what I did is I then character assassinated her. Oh. So I went to the makeup chair and I'm like, oh, she's a bitch. Well, that's what. And I kept propelling mm-hmm. the story and I felt really bad yesterday and I sent off two texts and said hey I want to apologize for pulling you into my stuff Yeah, because what I did was wrong mm-hmm. I'm not her I don't have to walk in her shoes mm-hmm. and I did what was best for me mm-hmm. I walked out of a situation I didn't have any sort of contact with her I don't want to be around that energy yeah. if we're together we'll exchange it but I'm not her and I don't walk in her right. shoes there's no need to propel by that. talking badly. Yeah, yeah, so I felt bad, and we're always listening and learning and seeking. I, um, Speaking of that, I do my best, and Anthony knows this, I do my best not to say bad things mm-hmm. about people. I do my best, only because I've been around people who, have you ever had that friend in your life that everything is something nasty about somebody else? And I remember I had this friend in my life who was like that, and I, it just she would get on the phone with me, and for an hour straight, there's always somebody that she's complaining about. And I found I started to talk like her. And it felt really toxic. Like, yeah, I'd get off yeah, the phone yeah. with her, I would have, like, like a tightness in my chest. Like, I wish I could take back everything I said in the past hour. So I had to stop being friends with her because I was becoming this psychopath. Like, Isn't that a great lesson, though? Yeah, not psychopath, but I was becoming really negative when I talked to her. Don't you love that lesson? Yeah. And, and I'm now more careful... How I speak, and it doesn't. Of that. Fe- it doesn't feel good. Like no, I, it doesn't. I felt spiritually bad. Yeah, I don't know her. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I work with her, but I don't know the shoe that she's the shoes that she's. Oh, she walked in great shoes yesterday because I had <laughs> I to dress know her, her shoes. Actually, great. yes, they were Louboutins. Yeah, I didn't know the shoes. Uh, actually, the metaphorical off Broadway, mm. a five-inch espadrille off Broadway, thirty-two dollars. Thank you, size five. You go nice. and find those shoes. Um, off Broadway has the best designer shoes from five to twelve. I need Amazing. to go. I need to go. Um, so I, I just, it's just not, it's it's just not what I do, mm-hmm. but I did it and I can only apologize and make an amends. And if I felt I was in any way disrespectful to her, mm-hmm. I would go back and apologize. But but see, the fact that you're talking about it now will show you the next, next time you're in that situation. Probably. I don't want to feel like this because yeah. it makes me feel bad. Yeah.
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Inspiring conversations on lifestyle, celebrity, relationships, and more. This is Glamier with Dr. Tavis Amir. Now, you don't just help women, though. You do You do talk about how, um, I mean, women are your target, but like yeah. sometimes the husbands are there. And Thou like, shalt go forth and dress your man, chapter yeah. 8. Um, what's the difference between dealing with men and dealing with women? A lot of men won't allow themselves to feel that sort of stuff. It's more of a, a routine. I got to mm-hmm. put on my suit. I got to put on this. I got to put on. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I also think there are just certain things that a woman should always get her man to have in the wardrobe. Which is, what are uh, some things that every man should have in his wardrobe? Always. I always say a great pair of khaki pants. Yeah. Crisp white dress shirt, a white button-down dress shirt, different uh, different colored polo shirts, mm-hmm. uh, two-piece black suit, two-piece navy suit, and then a random one, whether it's gray or brown. Uh, and I think once you have those, you can keep building from it. Anthony, do you have that? Absolutely. All of that? Even a gray oh. pantsuit? I do. Navy? Do you notice that he just yes. flexed his chest when he did that? Yeah. You did, Anthony. Yeah. You made your yeah. boobs dance. Yeah. You did oh. just now. Yeah, I've been trying for like 20 years now. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, he was like, yes, I do. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Anthony, are you a big fashion person? Do you like to shop? You know, I, I do when, when money allows me to. Yes, I, I really do. Okay, when money allows me to is, yes. a good, is a good point. You can, I, I like to get stuff. I, I, I'm not saying all of it, but yeah, fuck it. I don't care. I like inexpensive stuff. Like, I, I, you know, if I can get in, go into Forever 21 and find something that's really gorgeous, I'll wear it. My tank is Forever 21. My pants, not so much. But Who are your it's pants by? Max Mara. It's great. great but pants. the two of them together, I have a $5 tank top on and a not $5 I also love Zara. I think I Zara has Zara. some great stuff. Yeah. Marshalls, TJ Maxx, yeah. Ross. Um, the more time you spend shopping, mm-hmm. The more finds, I call it like searching for treasures. What about thrift, thrift store shopping? I went to the Goodwill yeah. here in Los Angeles, and it was set up like a little, there was the Goodwill Cafe. Stop it. it was, Only in I was LA. Like, it was like a Goodwill Cafe, and I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. And I, spend what you can afford. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I think that sometimes I have seen like people overeat to mask Sadness. I have been with women who over shop. I have been with married women whose husbands make a ton of money but don't pay any attention to them, um, and they mask it by over shopping. You know, um, and it's definitely something I've seen. Covering up, mm-hmm. covering up, and then we get stuck. We get stuck in a situation where we're not happy, and then we start doing those things: drinking, drugs, yeah. shopping, eating, binging. Mm-hmm. It's all right. It's all. It's all there. Have there been resistance to your method of like, okay, I'm not just going to dress you. I'm going to figure out what makes you tick and what's overcome. Has there been resistance to that? Have there been some women that are like, just buy me the fucking clothes already, and I don't want to talk I, about I my had, feelings. I, I, yeah, yeah. I had one woman that signed up for the makeover. We flew her to New York. Uh-huh. We put her in the chair, and everything was a fight every step of the way Yeah, because she didn't want to see herself differently. So many women get secure in the way they look. They don't want to see something different, and she fought and fought and fought. 
Yeah. Ex-military. She was in the Navy for 25 years. Plus she it's was the, probably a pretty hard and tough woman. Then yeah, and didn't want any... Bottled her emotions. Didn't want to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I cut off all that hair, gave her beautiful honey and buttery blonde highlights. Ooh, I like Turned that. her into a sexy woman. And I put on this beautiful floral print shift dress, mm-hmm. banging body, mm-hmm. great sexy pumps, and she just couldn't do it. No. And it didn't feel, I said... It maybe didn't feel right for her. It didn't, but the attention didn't feel right for her. Ah, gotcha. And so uh, I said, I said to her, I said, sweetheart, will you wear this on camera? And then you go pick out whatever you want. And she picked a dark gray mm-hmm. cap sleeve Calvin Klein sheath dress, mm. uh, what you would wear to an office. Mm-hmm. And no color, no frills, great cut of the dress. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating because when everything was said and done, she thanked everybody but wouldn't thank me. Really? Because I forced her to look at herself differently. And other people gave her the attention she couldn't have. And that broke my heart. And I I think about it all the time because why wouldn't you? I'm not her. I don't know the journey. But what was it about you that didn't want to feel beautiful? Yeah. No, no. And and she took it out on you because you were the person that held that mirror up to her. And said, really, I want you to really look at yourself. And that happens a lot when people aren't ready. They always kind of show resentment or hostility. I know, but it's obnoxious. I was with a friend the other night on Mm -hmm. Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And we went to this great restaurant called Tortilla Republic. And then I said they took daddy out. Because I'm like, they're young kids. And I'm like, okay, take your Uncle Lawrence out. And we went to some clubs and had a great time. And all the guys paid my friend all this attention. Mm-hmm. It kept saying how beautiful she was every all night. She's like, no, 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 no. And I finally pulled her aside and I said, "Stop! you have to stop because it makes me not want to be around you. Yeah, I know, but same story. This guy did this, this guy did that. And I said, sweetheart, mm-hmm. it's so ugly. Yeah. And I've known you now for eight years and that's your story. So Knock it up. Teaching her to receive the compliments. Or just, shut up. Or just, just shut sh- up. <laughs> because no, but we get so used to telling her, shut up. Yeah. If you stop saying the same story, Mm-hmm. You're going to stop putting it out into the universe because yeah. the universe is giving. Well, why can't I meet a guy? Because you keep telling yourself you're ugly. You keep yeah. telling yourself, I can't. You keep telling yeah. the universe what you are not. Yeah. Or what about, you know what? And I allow the universe, I allow God, I allow today to be what it's going to be. My mom sent me a, um, a little pillow once because I was going through some, you know, tough times. And this was years and years and years ago. And it said, Believe all things are possible if you just believe. And that's, that goes with believing the bad, too. You know, if you believe the bad, then that's what will happen. Yeah, but also, who's who's telling you the bad? So you, you always are. have to think of the messenger. Yeah. So if you keep telling yourself, but you're also listening to what everybody else yeah. is saying. Yeah. In the book, initially, in the beginning, I said, I say, send out an email mm-hmm. to some of your closest friends. Mm-hmm. Let them know you're working on a project. You're working on yourself. Please come back and tell me the five things about me you like the most. Nice. And send it to all your friends. And then you have all these lovely emails about, I love your hair. I love your eyes. I love your lips. I love your smile. It's I, amazing. Or, or do you ever get anything back that says, oh, I could only think of three? <laughs> <laughs> Can I wait? Could you imagine? That'd be so funny. I would do that. And then I'd write back, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're one of those friends. Okay. <laughs> no, not always. <laughs> if I can feel, you can mentally handle it. And if I can't, I would never. But there's some people that can, you know, they'd be funny about it. But I got to ask, what's something in this book that you really want people to know? Like about you, about the process. If people read this book. They get distracted. They put it down. Their flight's about to land. They miss a page. What's the one thing that you can think of, maybe a couple things, that you would really be sad if somebody missed about this book? I'm uh, I'm very transparent, so you know me. I mean, I put it out there to the mm-hmm. world, number mm-hmm. one. Number mm-hmm. two, I would say walk away from the book. Live as if every day is a special occasion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
I think that's chapter nine, but that's really my favorite chapter yeah. in the sense of my grandma used to have this soap in the bathroom and nobody could touch it because it was wrapped up in plastic. Yeah, yeah. My grandma used to have these clothes that she would only wear on Sunday. And then as I got older and started doing fashion, uh, women would be like, oh, that's the party dress with the girls. Those are my sexy shoes for Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck it. It's Tuesday. Put on your sexy pumps. Make a Tuesday feel like a Saturday, no, baby. Yes, because yeah. when you put on those shoes, what do you feel? Feel different. Great. Yeah. So when you go to work, what's going to happen? Your energy's different. You're going to feel different. And everybody's going to say, Doc, you look sexy today. Put on a Saturday dress on Monday. It, well, li- I have I have the opposite. Yeah. Like Tell I me. used to I used to work and, you know, I'd be on call right. and I'd feel miserable because I was not sleeping. And I remember I, I don't know if I told you this or not. Probably not. I was um, on the OBGYN unit delivering babies. And so you're up. You know, that woman's being checked every however mm-hmm. often you're up checking her. And I remember thinking, I feel like shit. I'm going to put some lipstick on. I'm going to put some lipstick on my face with these ugly ass scrubs. <laughs> yes. And I just remember wa- thinking, I, I mean, I, and that's just how I was because it made me feel good. It's not, what do you care that I have lipstick on? So I was walking down and this nurse looked at me. She looked at me, she pointed her finger at my face. And she's like, by the time I'm done with you, you're going to be too exhausted to put that lipstick on. So guess what I did? Pow, took it out of my pocket and put it on right Painted in front of her. On. I was like, try, bitch, try. And um, I just, that's how I roll. Why do you think she, <laughs> why do you think she said that to you? To this day, I don't really know. Um, maybe the power thing. Probably intimidated. Probably not in touch with her emotions yet. Probably. I mean, so many women, so many people lash out to knock somebody else down to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. Waste of time. Yeah. And it's so her I, journey. Not only did I put lipstick on, I put lip liner on. I was perfectly lined at all times. How did you feel? I felt empowered. And I also felt like, why would somebody else care what's on my face, you know? I don't understand that. I get people say to me all the time, like, I, I showed up for work once at 7 in the morning, and my office manager goes, what time did you get up this morning? And I'm like, why are you asking me that? Yeah. She said, well, you like have a full face of makeup. I'm like, why would I not have a full face of makeup? It's my face. I got up, I put it on, and I'm here now. Can we get to and work now? don't fuck with the doc's don't face. fuck with me. <laughs> but it's true. I don't get it. It's, it comes from a lot of other women. What message would you give women about how to treat other women? Because we can be really mean to each other. And I'm sure you've seen it. I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. I made over a woman last year, and everybody's allowed to bring a guest. Mm-hmm. And this woman brought her best friend who was more attractive and put together mm-hmm. before the makeover. Mm-hmm. Once the makeover was done, beauty positions changed. Mm-hmm. I took care of this woman and she became the prettier of the two. Other friend was still attractive. Mm-hmm. We were sitting in the dressing room after the makeover and this woman was on a cloud. Yeah, She felt beautiful, she was giggly, she fought me every step of the way. Mm-hmm. I almost sent her home and said, you're making this too tough, she was yeah. a therapist. She took care of everybody else, didn't want to be taken care of. I mean, it was a deal breaker, yeah. like, you either let me cut your hair, or I'm sending receive. you home. Yeah. Finally received, she was holding my hand crying, mm. saying, I trusted you, it's such, it's God's work. And after I said how beautiful she was, the producer, it was literally a celebration of this woman. Mm-hmm. Her best friend said when there was a beat, just take off all the makeup. It's it's just way too much. Oh, negative Nelly. Here. I took a beat and I said, could you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Could you please leave the dressing room? Oh. And she said, I said, no, you have to leave because you're the only one here that's not celebrating what oh, we just wow. did. So you have to watch. And, she, and I go, no, you're leaving right now. Wow. And Good. she walked out. And wow. I don't know if the friendship's still intact or not, but, but fuck you. Yeah, I agree. Don't do that. No, so celebrate good. Yeah. Because you want, how do you treat other women? Treat other women like you want to treat somebody. You yeah. want to be treated. Yeah. Just be nice. Be if somebody's nice. having something great done for them, uh-huh. I'm going to get closer to my friends because I want to be a part of that joy. Yeah. 
be a part of the joy. Well, if your friends are successful, you're successful, right? And maybe something, maybe something from their success, not their money, yeah. but maybe something from their success will spill it. Oh my God! If they're doing it, I can do it. You yeah. want to elevate to different yeah. levels, and you only, you get to choose mm-hmm. who you surround yourself you with. Do. And if you have a friend that's constantly bringing you down, yeah, you know what? You, this I've, is great, but. I'm moving beyond. Yeah. We, we, it's like it's going to the same hairstylist. Not that you would need this, Anthony, but it's going to <laughs> it's going to the same it's going to the same hairstylist, and you stay because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah, no, it's my I know, life. Which I've done. All right. What are some tips just for women who are listening and they want to know how to improve their wardrobe? Other than buying your book, which is a must read. Thank you. Uh, your book is like a spiritual journey and tips on a great spiritual wardrobe. and style. Yeah, spiritual and style. Empty out your wardrobe. Take everything out of your closet. Purging. Get rid of everything. Take all of it out. Throw it on a bed. Throw it in a corner. Take everything out and then look at your closet space. Dust it. Clean it. Wipe it down. Vacuum it. Do whatever you need to if you mm-hmm. want to change the lights, if you want to change the paint. Because you have to like you have to like where you're going. So mm-hmm. every time you open up those closet doors, it looks appealing. Uh-huh. And then piece by piece, start putting the things back in. Yeah. Women only use 20% of the real estate in their wardrobe. I agree. 20% go to the same thing over and over and over again. So you have all this other stuff. Get Get rid of the stuff you don't wear. Get rid of the stuff that you can't utilize. And if you have one bit of clothing in your wardrobe that makes you feel something other than amazing, get mm-hmm. rid of it. A woman that's a size 10 will buy a dress that's a size 8 on sale. Why? They, I'll lose the weight. Yeah, and you never do. And what do you do when you pull out that dress? Oh, I'm not enough. Yeah, get it rid reminds of it. you. I um, I agree with you. And I, it's funny. I have two huge closets in New York, and one of which I never even open. And I every time I look at it, I think to myself... I really need to walk in there and just get rid of the Have stuff. Have a party, buy a couple yeah. bottles of wine. I need an assistant. Invite your friends. I, not, not like a paid assistant, but I need someone to help me. No, but or inv- uh, next time I'm in New York, I'm there the first week of June. Right. We'll go through we'll your closet. We'll do it. And, but invite your girlfriends over yeah. and do a wardrobe swap. What somebody's, I don't want to say trash, but what somebody's trash is something they don't wear anymore could be yeah. somebody else's treasure. Yeah. And if you're not going to wear it and utilize it, give it to a charity. I give a lot away or to Or give it to, like we have some place here called The Good Shepherd, and this helps women yeah. that are getting back on their feet after struggles. Yeah. I try, I, and, I try and send my stuff out to that, so women and children kind of causes, yeah. So help, help, give it forward, and the more stuff you get rid of, the more stuff you get to buy, yeah. and you should always have the basics. What are things that you should never get rid of? I love if you're in a happy marriage. Yeah. I love when women hold on to a wedding dress. Gotcha. I think there's something very special about that. Mm-hmm. I would say, don't get rid of that one item or two items that mean the world to you. Mm-hmm. And it has to be surrounded by good memories. Mm-hmm. It has to be only things that I'm all about feeling. Mm-hmm. It has to be things that make you feel mm-hmm. good. If it makes yeah. you feel bad. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Um, and it's funny. Just aside, I had a pair of shoes that were. Absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Like I'm talking, yeah. <laughs> wow. I put them on one day and warm out to and I looked good, man. I was I like tight. Da, da. About half an hour in, I had the most throbbing, painful feet from these shoes. I couldn't walk because everything was burning because they just rubbed me the wrong way. They were, they sucked. Like they were so (laughs) painful. So much so I had to go grab my coat across the room and I had to ask my friend to go get it because I couldn't even walk across the room. My feet hurt so bad. Um, Every time I would look at those shoes for months after, it reminded me of the pain of wearing them. them. Got rid of them on eBay. But I mean, so I I see what you mean about the pain. And you forget about it. You're like, oh, oh, it's gone. Yeah. Anthony, do you have any questions for our fine man over here? Male perspective? You know, um, I'm looking forward to reading a book. Um, I do believe it's something, even though it's geared toward women, 
I do believe it's something I can grab from this. Oh, thank you, Anthony. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to reading it. I think just let you know what here's. So many people say it's just a woman's book. You know what? It's a journey book, and mm-hmm. the tools that I give to women, you can do for yourself. Yeah. I love the fact that a man would love to take that journey. One of the favorite, they always say don't read your reviews. One yeah. of my favorite things is, uh, I, I went and I read the reviews. Yeah. Two, I got two. My favorite one that I laughed my ass off. Yeah, I love this book. Best thing I did was uh, build a great fire. Because they burnt. They bur- <laughs> and to me, I looked at that and I thought. That was an ex that wrote uh, that. You yeah, know that. Yeah. <laughs> that was an uh, ex. But it was, no normal person writes that shit. No, but you know, it was somebody that didn't want to do the work on themselves. It's somebody who's emotionally attached to the book in a bad way. You know? No, like, they're attached. They're not, they don't want to do the work on themselves. Yeah, yeah. The other thing was, a young girl said, I've been watching you for 10 years. I read your book. And for the first time, I looked in the mirror and I smiled. Oh. And I thought, you know what? Then I wrote that book for you, sweetheart. I'm not for everybody. It's no. like dating. You're going to either like me or you're not. Yeah. And for those of you that don't like me, there's so many other people you get to love and celebrate. Yeah. We're not here for the world to love. Yeah. Do your journey and others will follow if there's something that they want from you. Well, it's like I heard this once. I'm sure you've all heard this. It's like an apple. Not everybody's going to like the taste of an apple. That doesn't make the apple bad, you know? Not I've everybody never heard that. that. Now you have. Not everybody's going to like taste of that apple. Some people don't like apples. I've heard my apple taste delicious. I've heard... <laughs> I've heard your apple tastes delicious from a few people. <laughs> and your peaches and your banana. I've heard delicious. a lot of things taste good. Star this fruit, fruit sounds delicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, if you haven't um, noticed, uh, we got somebody here who has just uh, been on a really self-aware emotional path and has come Thank out on you. the other side in a way that he can empower and help others. So it's been a pleasure. I'm proud to call you my friend. You are my, my friend. friend. <laughs> you are my friend. No, and you know, just love who you are. Love and celebrate yeah. it and embrace it. I love this threesome. Breathe and seek. <laughs> <laughs> and eat fruit. <laughs> and eat fruit. Eat fruit. Um, where can they find you on social media? Oh, you know what? I think the best way to follow me and follow my life is on Instagram at Lawrence Zarian. And if you really pay attention, there'll be some posts with the doc yeah. and Craig Ramsey. And Greg. My fitness trainer Shout who brought us out. together. Shout out to Craig. Craig, yeah, love Canadian him. Craig. Canadian, I love that boy. Um, thank you. You're gonna have to come back on. I'm invited, and I say yes. Okay, you got it. And I appreciate and adore and um, respect everything you've been doing. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.